1: Here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine, and fall, I think, is really here. Um, I woke up this morning to a much cooler day here in South Florida, and it's just glorious. We, we really look for those days when the humidity breaks and we can just breathe and You know, it just gives us so much, so much more energy and so much more zing. Um, Today's special guest, Meg Nasero, is a tiara-wearing, self-proclaimed dreamer seeking to inspire others. Her mantra is magical work for magical pay, magical service every magical day. On a constant basis, she lives life expecting Magic and Miracles. Meg is a former Department of Homeland Security attorney. She is the queen of magical manifestation, an award-winning author of The Magical Guide to Bliss, Daily Keys to Unlock Your Dreams, Spirit and Inner Bliss, and her newest book, the memoir Butterfly Awakens. She is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and coach, inspired When she stood on stage with Oprah Winfrey in front of 15,000 people in Miami, encouraged to live the life she always wanted, she left the security of nearly 20-year career as an experienced federal attorney to follow her dream in a bigger classroom, sharing expertise and experience to help frustrated creatives align with purpose, realize their dream, and get results. Wow. Good morning, Megan. Welcome good
0: morning randy yes i will add to the sentiment that it definitely was a magical morning the weather is certainly beautiful here in south florida and there was just more of a zing in our steps for sure so i'm so happy to be here this, this morning with you yeah and i'm glad that we're sharing that
1: same experience meg is in miami and i'm in fort lauderdale so we're only about an hour away okay so Life is a journey of peaks and valleys with the potential for tremendous growth, and we are all offered this opportunity, but you seized it. How did you go from an Italian-American immigrant attorney to a tiara-wearing inspiration to so many? How did this happen? Tell us, please. Well, I would...
0: I always love to believe that the tiara wearing diva was always there from the day I, I, I screamed my first scream when I was born on the 1st of December. So I, I you know, I, I think, you know, what they say in life is that, you know, we, as children, we learn everything that we think we're supposed to learn, and then as adults, we try to unlearn everything to get back to that, you know, blissful part of our souls that really make us feel like we're alive, walking this earth. So, you know, I, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing to have opportunity to to, ha- to receive an education, and and I am a true believer in the beautiful word education. It starts with educare, which means to lead yourself out of something, and I've always believes that curiosity and knowledge is clearly the these concepts are the, the the things that can take us from anything that we feel stuck into a possibility realm and you know for me for me you know it you know i i'm not necessarily the biggest risk taker in the world so it's kind of you know comical that i i did make that huge leap of faith you know with you know with as much possible foundational set that I could establish, but I'm so grateful that I did because when my mother passed away in 2011, she told me, stress will kill you and don't have any regrets. And I was 41 when she died, and I was like, wow, well, I have a lot of work to do because I have big dreams, and I want to see them come to fruition. So... You know, when something like that happens, it kind of shakes your world to the point where you're like, okay, it's time. It's time. And you don't really understand what that means
1: Yeah, at first. Your mother was a huge support system for you. And losing her in your early 40s, that must have been tremendously difficult for you.
0: so I would be lying to say that it isn't still (laughs) – it isn't still – I mean – I think we all, you know, get spoiled to a certain extent when you know we have that kind of steadfast champion in your corner who loves you unconditional, conditionally, and then you know when it's gone, you're like, oh god, I took that for granted. How could I possibly have done that? So while I do miss her every day, certainly I'm very grateful for all the lessons that she did, in fact, teach me on this journey.
1: Yes, and. At some point, I guess this is the time that she dropped you out of the nest and you were supposed to fly on your own, you know, that's kind of like, um, you know, the vision I have here is yeah you know there it is you you have to fly on your own now mom can't do this forever and um and it it is because it's difficult because you feel like the floor the foundation of your life just drops out from under you and you have nothing it's such a difficult difficult um feeling and then you really but you do get to rebuild and that is the beautiful thing about it um so you wrote a memoir called Butterfly Awakens, um, a transformation through grief. And this is about losing your mom. Can you tell us a little bit about the, what the story is? I know it's, qu- it's quite a long book because I have it here in front of me. It's almost 300 pages, but um, can you give us kind of a summary of what this book is about? Well,
0: so I'll do so in, in, um, in the arc, in the story arc. I, I, I I followed the metamorphosis of the butterfly. So I took the analogy of, you know, we are caterpillars walking the earth, right? You only see from a certain perspective. You see what's in front of you. You think that's the world. And once my mother got ill, uh, got sick, and, and that's how I visualized her going into a cocoon and, or chrysalis, and I followed her in. And hoping that we would both emerge, you know, with her victory and healing. Unfortunately, her process, her transformation, metamorphosis was different. She um, she went on to the next level, and mine was left here to still figure out how I was to, you know, process the whole cocoon experience. So it went from, you know, losing her, which was part one, then to part two dealing with that and trying to figure out who I was in this world without the support that I had. And then three is like, okay, let's see what I'm made of, right? Let's see what I am made of. And that had um, wrapped up in the whole leap of faith, you know, this is not really what I want to do. I want to do something else. So let's see what that else is and, and go into that. So that's basically what the arc is about, you know, the whole hero's journey. I follow the, the pattern of, you know, the mythology of, of Joseph Campbell, you know, but also I want to say that one of the things that I really set out to do with this book, and I promised myself when I was going through that dark place, was that I want to be able to share with someone else, if I make it through this, you know, that there's hope and possibility if you just don't give up. And that you don't have to live, in the darkness forever there's there's you know seasons reasons and lifetime for everything and we all go through many different metamorphosis as long as we continue to walk and and i and i really felt you know at the end i do um explain my journey at el camino de santiago de Copostela in in the northern part of spain and you know that came to me through a lot of signs which we were talking about before we pay attention to signs and not what would be a most likely journey for me, you know, hiking through the northern part of Spain because I had never done anything like that, you know, 77 or 120 kilometers was never in the cards I thought for me because that just wasn't. I'm a beach girl. But the reality was I felt compelled to follow some spiritual calling there. And I think for me it it was just getting clarity as to where – and who and why I am. And and I think, you know, for a lot of people, when they start doing that, you know, examined life, right, I, I speak to the, the Socratic, you know, comment or quote saying, the unexamined life is not worth living. When you start to really evaluate the examined life, it does bring a ton of meaning into your world and, and a lot of purpose and a lot of reason and that whole special uniqueness that we all are walking in our skin and it's for a reason. And, and really that is my book in a nutshell, is the hope and the transformation. As long as we keep going and keep showing up and keep experiencing that brand new sunrise every day, there's a whole lot of possibility that's awaiting and you just can't give up before it's too late, right? It, it's always too late to quit. And, and it, I mean, it's always too early, I'm sorry, too early to quit. And um, that, was, that really was my message you know the grief was the wake up call and and the and the devastation from that and how it impacted me there's so many people who have different kinds of wake up calls in life but it really had me looking at that concept of you know that triggers that I had where I was never going to be enough I was never going to show up you know to the level of what I was expected to do and then you know I think it's been a process of just allowing that to fall away ever since ever since I took that journey and ever since i've come back that's when the camino actually really began is this whole experience now so you talked about um
1: leap of faith i'm so such a big um believer in that that because when we get stuck um it's really scary to move forward and a leap of faith is the perfect way to describe it. But what's really yeah. interesting is when we take that leap of faith, we get rewarded and we get rewarded from the universe and confirmation that we did something really good. We get it almost immediately. It's,
0: it's incredible.
1: Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah,
0: yeah no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, they take those leaps of faith, and you know it becomes sometimes they're like they weren't ready yet or or maybe it was too soon or maybe they hadn't planned it I don't know and then maybe some people take it and they're like it's effortless and oh my god they look and I think it's about perspective from that point on you know i when i was ready to take the leap of faith there was a lot of people around me who weren't so sure about what i was doing and I really had to make a concerted effort to tune out a lot of the naysaying, but I'll tell you this: one of my greatest um, signs was the fact that my father literally gave me permission. Like it's it, it's interesting because you know we we say we don't need it from our parents. I was I was 47 when I did this, so you can only imagine 47 year olds still wanting approval from their their parental you know figures and you know i was i was literally willing to have him be disappointed in me for making this change and he didn't he wasn't and that was the universe saying to me it's it's time and it was a great affirmation for me to walk this path because I I look up to him so much and and I value family and I value those relationships. So it was so important to me, but I was willing to value my own path more. And when I said yes to me, then other people were cheering me on that. I literally wasn't expecting, but was grateful for. Wow. You
1: know, your, your experience is so vastly different than most of the people who are listening to this show, um, my listeners and the people who follow me, because I'm a narcissistic abuse expert and coach, which means that uh, people have suffered very traumatic um, re- relationship issues, often starting from childhood. And the journey to healing from that is a very lonely journey. It is the one where you have to, in order to heal from this, because you get no validation from anyone. um, Mm. It's about learning to self-validate. So it's particularly hard when you've had trauma upon trauma upon trauma, and you say, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have to heal. But the healing is about complete self-validation. We can't rely, and I'm I'm one of them, so we can't rely on anybody else. And that makes it very difficult. Um, It's amazing. And I love to hear that you have such a great family, such a supportive family, because I don't hear that so much. And I'm sure that um, families like yours are out there. It's just that I don't get exposed to them in my daily work. But um, that's just wonderful that you got that support and you were able to take that leap. And the other thing I wanted to say is you said hope if you don't give up. I, I so agree with this. I'm so big on this. You know, I, tomorrow is always different than today if we look five years down the road life is going to be so different than it is today and so you know it's really just about putting one foot in front of the other even if we're walking in the dark and just going okay I know I'm moving forward I don't know where I'm going but I'm I'm going and eventually the light will show up
0: that's beautiful I I I do want to to your point um, you know when my mother first passed away, and I just want to clarify this because I don't think I'm that much different than everyone else out there who needs to self-validate. I mean, it it depends on what kind of, you know, self-esteem or confidence that we have been given as children or the tools we gain as adults because I think I laugh because I think the tools we gain as adults are, they stick longer because they're hard work and they're well-earned. And, and you can look in the mirror, and I, I really do encourage everyone out there who's listening and this moment just to stand there and just look at yourself and say, I am so proud of you. Just give yourself that permission. Give yourself that validation. And I only say this because I, I you know, I get stuck in the need for external approval, and, uh, you know, I get stuck in you know, seeing myself through the eyes of certain people who may not see my value and my worth. And, and I realize that if you buy into that, I think it robs you of, like I said before, that possibility that exists in the world. And, and who is to say that they know anything, <laughs> you know? I, I, who is to say that they're the genius, you know, even though, you know, they're in a position perhaps where they believe they are you know it's like it's for me it's kind of like the wizard of oz and they pull back the the the, you know the veil yeah this tiny little man and the reality is is that we're all just in this world doing our best you know the whole key is not to harm another person and if you find yourself in a situation where you feel you're being harmed and i'm not saying as a victim because we all make choices i do want and this is something that I, I do need to focus on doing every day is the whole purpose and intentional affirmation project I have, you know, you know re- reinforcing the beauty in my strengths. Because, if you know, I was very lucky. My mother was there and she would tell me all the time when she was gone, I had to be the one to tell myself that. And I'm not saying that turns me into a narcissist it just turns me into someone who wants to thrive in this world. There's no shame in that. There's more yeah. beauty in, in you doing that for yourself so that those who are impacted by your life have permission to choose that path as well. So I, I'm, I'm not, I am blessed. I have a very wonderful family. My, my father, and my you know, they were more concerned with me when my mother, like I said, timing is everything. When she passed away, I wanted to leave my job then. And it took me, 11 years, I mean, not no 11 years, it took me at least another seven years until I made that leap of faith. So it took me a while because they were all afraid that I was doing it, you know, out of a place of, you know, just, you know, sadness and, you know, just being very irresponsible with my choices because, you know, I have children and I have, you know, obligations. But the reality is is I took that discerning route and it became something that. Still was pulling at me, Meg, you have to take a leap of faith. And for me, that was standing in my power that I had, you you know, I had, you know, you know, grown into because it was a growing into process and realizing that authentically me needs this. And then at that time, like I said to you, I wasn't expecting the support, but I got it because i think at that time there was no there was no decision for anyone else to make that was mine and i took mm. control of that you you brought up so many
1: really good points and it it's definitely you know making me think and you know the point that you were making about um re- receiving external approval from a parent who was there for you who um supported you in every way, um, really, it, it really creates almost the same um, issue that we have as adults as when we don't get it or when there's a parent who's so abusive that we're always looking to get that validation. And then you get to be an adult and you have to do it. So, you know, there's, there's a fine line, really, between how someone can parent a child so that they have all these tools, not to give them, you know, so much support that they, that they're lacking the tools, um, but not to give them none. So that's, that's a really interesting point. And the other point that you made, yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. Yes, it is a fine line.
0: Um, (laughs) And the other thing you said, One of the most beautiful gifts I got from my mother was that, you know, she in her imperfection as well, and this is probably what made us so even more close is that she apologized to me.
1: She apologized
0: for everything that she failed to do as a child, right? So that we could have the opportunity to build on a relationship as adults. So I personally, you know, I'll tell my kids all the time, you know, I guess you'll need something for the therapist couch, but, you know, I'm sorry if you don't agree with me. (laughs) I love you. No, it's coming from a place of love. I'm not perfect. I'm just trying to do my best for you. And, you know, sometimes I don't do very good, you know, I don't do very well. But, you know, the whole point is that I always say don't hold me to a certain standard where you're just going to be able to push me off that, you know, you're going to be so disappointed. You know, I'm going to fall off that, you know, that podium and, and I'm like one of you, and I'm one of them. And because we're all walking, we're all doing our best. So, you know, I say keep your, keep your expectations certainly you know, low and your acceptance high of others. And it will, it, it, in turn, allow you to do that for yourself.
1: Oh, my gosh. Every parent should say that to their children. That is so amazingly beautiful. You know, I said something very similar to my children, children but not in such an eloquent way. <laughs> I said to them, um, I said, you know, when they were like young adults, I said, okay, let's have a powwow. I want to know, <laughs> I want to know everything I did wrong. I tell me what you didn't like. Tell me what I did wrong because I want to work it out now. I don't want you sitting in a therapist chair, you know. Um, and I didn't really get a whole lot of feedback, so that was a that was a good thing. Um, <laughs> oh my I'll gosh! I'll tell
0: you this. Teen year, Teenage years are hard. They're even harder during a pandemic. I just had a son who graduated last year and the college process and everything. So, honestly, I think we were all kind of frazzled at, at that point. So, yeah, if there's a couple of things that they're going to be really complaining about for the rest of their life and blaming on me. But I have been one to understand the beauty of of. The power of apology, you know and saying to them, you know, if there's anything that I did less than in your estimation, I am sorry, you know and and you know it's up to them my other my, my parents always said, this is beautiful actually, you know it's not I'm sorry, it's I'm sorry, will you please forgive me because then the power turns to the one who's asking to be to, to asking um, who's given been given the forgiveness, you know. Will you now? You have power to say yes or no. Now you have the the right to make that determination or not.
1: You know that is um, that is a statement. I, are you familiar with Honoponopono? Pono Pono? I love know that.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. yes. Okay. So you're aware of it because the statement we make to our inner child is, "I'm sorry. Please forgive me." You know, uh, it's, it's our, yes. this is the statement, and it is so powerful. So. You say that um, even though we face a lot of obstacles in life, we never really lose the dream inside. Mm. We, all, we all come into this world with dreams or we develop them. How, how do we, for people who, are say, who say, well, I've never been a dreamer, what would you say?
0: Uh, I'm going to break it down for them today because if it's a perfect day. I just, you will always remember who you are. And the who you are is nothing more than that little child who believed in magic and miracles, who saw the sparkle in the holidays, who believed in the possibility of a Christmas filled with presents and Santa. That is clearly the dreamer. It just shifts and changes. But the who you are who believes in something bigger than yourself will always be there. So if you can remember that who you are and start to play like that child again, then you will empower yourself to live in this world from that perspective rather than allowing anyone to take that from you. And, you know, for me, I'm saying it to myself as if I need to learn it, right? I teach what I want to learn and I really truly want to embody the notion if you can dream it You can believe it, and then you will see it. And that is something I believe that dreams are different for everyone. Ideas or concepts or visions are different for each of us. It's who we are that want to bring that creative part of our souls into existence and experience life from a get-to rather than a have-to to experience the colors and the relationships and the empowerment that you experience on a daily from that perspective and that is living a dream to actually go out in the world and be able to smile because you get to rather than have to. Thank
1: you so much for that. I just got this surge of energy running through my body when you were saying that Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful what you said. And it's so true, and and you're speaking to everybody because everybody can do this, no matter what yeah. they've been through, they can do they can break it down the way that you said to break it down you, you You also talk about looking to other dreamers in your world to guide your journey. so who are you who are you looking towards?
0: Oh, well, I am so blessed right now to be in a beautiful author cohort, I call them the Fab Five, and, you know, when you're beginning as an author, and this is my third book, so I've kind of had a little bit more experience in, in the realm of, of getting my, my stories out there, it's really wonderful to be in a collective of collaborators, of dreamers, and creatives, and to find your tribe, and, you know, find your playground, find your, you know. And because if you feel like you're getting lost, you can go back there and get infused with some inspiration that will take you on to the next place. And, you don't, and I really truly believe, and this is the whole point of me finding those dreamers, that you have to walk this earth alone. I don't think that that, you know, I, yes, to those who are listening, you might have to validate yourself. But imagine this. You told yourself every day that I have purpose, I have meaning. There is a why for my life. And then going out into the world and aligning to others who come from that place rather than people who want to bring you down. It's such an incredible experience. So when my wish was I'm going to do this, please bring me those collaborators that will create with me, that we can support each other on that journey. It makes it one more fun. It makes the obstacles less, less, you know, less, you know, impending. And it certainly makes the conversations lively. And, you know, one of the things that I will say is, you know, I'm a big fan of other people's ability to create and bring their gifts into the world. And, you know, one of the best gifts I was given on this journey was from Dr. Habib Sigbagi and his wife, Dr. Sherry Sammy, who are the founders of Love Button Global Movement. And they, at a time where, I was trying to reach out to the band Coldplay to communicate to them how important their music their creative arm was for me when I was going through the darkness of the loss of my mother because I really relied on music to be the magic that magic that you know infused my soul to keep going on and and you know some people say you know it's opera that brings i mean i can listen to an aria and just feel so elevated in spirit and i can feel so elevated in my mind i can listen to coldplay and their songs like yellow and, and all these amazing amazing you know wonderful lyrical you know ballads and it elevates me so when i was trying to thank them for their role in my healing. I reached out, what I thought was Coldplay, but I ended up on um, this wonderful organization, Love Button Global Movement, and it turned out that they, in fact, supported my journey on the Camino where I was able to give out love buttons every day which was amazing because I could not stand the walk but I could <laughs> get excited about passing around love buttons because it allowed me the opportunity to connect with other people from a very interesting place of generosity and surrounded around the word love. So I those are certainly dreamers that I could get around, people who want to spread love near and far and find ways to collaborate and to start conversations that are based and founded in taking care of each other and, you know, not necessarily in the way that, you know, some people might get turned off and say everyone's got to do their job in the world. No, but it's really positive, you know, impact and vibration where we all elevate each other to a higher place where we all help each other heal in maybe a smaller, big way.
1: That is truly a magical experience. It is magical. So, We all, you know, you've been given, you've been given these signs along the way you've been given, you know, we can, we can choose to look at them or we can choose to ignore them. But I've always been a believer that the signs pop up for a reason. And when we follow it, it shortens our, the distance of our path on this journey. It makes it more, less, um, it's difficult, I guess, not shortens it, but makes it less difficult for us yeah. to navigate to where we're really supposed to be so yeah. i you know and I always say that you know when you get that sign that is your window or your door that's opening, you have to go through it. you just have to it 's not there for you know, as a coincidence, it's there for a reason. And so it's important that we all wake up to the signs that are all around us because they will lead us to where, to our best um, destiny. They really will, or to, you know, our ultimate destiny. Um, You say, I saw a quote where you say, you look for magical unicorns among herds of
0: goats. (laughs) That was a great quote. So okay, funny. So I'm going to give the credit where credit's due. That is from one of my incredible um, soul sisters, Simone Jairs. She said that to me and I, I, I asked her if I could in fact use it and she allowed me to do so, but it's true. It's, it's like, you know, people follow, but then you're looking for these gallopers you know? and, it's like, <laughs> and they're dancing in the field while others are just kind of like oh, going along. And I want, and to that point, to that point, you know, it's as if I also looked for those butterflies as well, you know, out in the field, you know, people who, who flit and spin and, and they dance through life. And I'm not saying, you know, in the boardroom or, you know, but yet you can tell who holds, who holds that inside themselves. And they show up because they believe in embracing the authenticity of who they are, which is – I'm sure, Randy, when you go into a room – you can pick them out left and right if you are aligned to who you are for sure. And for me, they, they, like the signs you say that they pop up all the time. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, being a prosecutor for 20 years, imagine, I question everybody. It became, and I think that was really draining after a while because I wanted to believe people when they were saying certain things, you know, I wanted to not, you know, vet out whether they're lying to me or not. And it became, you know, you know, once you habitually do something over and over and over again, I think this goes for any kind of habit that we have, you know, it becomes a part of the fabric of who you are. And I, I can use it now to, you know, perhaps vet out certain energies, but I am more likely since I stepped away not to examine my life all the time that way it was it was overwhelming and too much so the signs for me were i want to believe in people for what they are who they are and how they show up i need to step away from this experience because it is is encumbering my desire for that so it encumbered your desire do can it is it
1: possible to be a prosecutor where you question everything and also a believer can 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 those two things meet somewhere in the middle
0: well yeah i i do believe that is the case you know i after you know starting off who i was in the beginning and who i was at the end of my career with the department of homeland security very different a different unfolding of you know you know because at first you you, you want to impress your bosses for sure and ultimately if you're lucky enough to have you know bosses who inspire, you'll realize that you have a lot of the ability to make a determination based upon your own sound judgment, for sure. So you're not giving your power away to make those judgments. You're making them yourself based upon case by case in front of you. So why do I say that? Because one of the most beautiful things that I had received as a gift, so one of the things, you know, reading body language, you know, became an art for me. I... I studied it. I studied how, you know, people, when they're about to tell something very creative, let's say, you know, <laughs> otherwise there's a lie, they will lurk over to their their right brain, the creative side, instead of the logic side. You see the eye switch. <laughs> I was like, My oh, wow. Crazy. Because every time I see it coming, I'm like, don't. Just don't. Don't say anything. <laughs> Just don't say anything. Don't get yourself in trouble. I see it coming, you know. Don't tell me things that I don't want to not believe you in the future because that kind of etches away at your veracity in the future. But that being said, you know, what I could do was understand or try to understand the reasoning behind why they were doing what they were doing so that there was a story. And that was one of the most beautiful things I ever gained from this was the fact that how people tell their stories. And really makes me a better writer and and author because – Everyone has a story to tell, right? We all are doing it every day and there's different modalities, like I said before, maybe music, maybe how we represent somebody, maybe how, you know, we we share with the world an experience we've had. Right now I'm telling you a story and you're sharing with me yours. The reality is is that how we decide to tell stories, you know, it, that is what changes. And when you're coming back to what you're saying to me at the outset, whether it can make, whether it can match. I think for me, when I left, I couldn't be who I am and stay there at that point in time. But, you know, I, I'm proud of what I've done. I, I, I can actually hold my, health, my head held high. I, I can say that, you know, in certain respects, I was able to bring something of wisdom to the courtroom. I've met many people through my days in the courtroom where I've had great relationships established with the, the, the private bar, with the judges, even with the respondents, you know, I was able to impact their lives. I really truly embodied this at the end. You know, People come past your life once, you have that one opportunity to make a difference and they do it for you as well. You know, how can you leave an impact on another person's life where if you never see them again, they'll look back and say, I remember her. Mm. That was something that inspired me on to something greater. You know, I could do that at the end because I had more competence to do that rather than when I started my career and I was just green behind the ears. So to your answer, long-winded story to that answer, <laughs> I would say that, yeah, I do believe you can, you know, you, you and I do think that the key to that, is that there? you can't separate who you are personally and professionally. I think where who you are shows up wherever you go. Mm, that's so true. <clears throat> um, <clears throat>
1: excuse me. So you're big on bliss. Follow our bliss. We should follow our bliss. What does bliss mean to you?
0: So... It means to me a whole lot of wonderful things because the word itself, when you say it, it just makes me smile. Like oh, bliss, like bliss, like I will remember. And I'll give you this. This is a great story, and I'll give you the description. My daughter was maybe six months old, maybe maybe younger. I don't remember exactly, but we were walking around in uh, where I live, and there were these beautiful bougainvilleas growing on the side. And she looked at them and burst out into this incredible smile. And that was the first time I saw her do that, and that was utter bliss. That was just a moment in time where I was present with her, this little baby who was relying on me for everything, and she appreciated the beautiful colors of this plant that I absolutely adore and just burst out in a smile, and that was bliss. Another point, in, in fact, is when I have a conversation and I get that rush of energy that you're speaking of that just runs through me, and it just feels like, ah, oh, there's so much possibility in this world. This is such a wonderful moment. I feel the bliss. And it's attainable. It's not external to ourselves. It's just really when you're, it's like that perfect, you know, alignment, the perfect, you know, the all the different events. You know they line up for you, and that you feel this surreal this surreal moment where, you know, it just wow, this is life. This is this is where the you know the sky and the and the ground come together and they meet in this spiritual you know just mystical experience. And and I know that just, maybe that's not bliss for everyone. It's it just an it, it over, it's just a sense of just joy and happiness where we're all striving for and And once we experience the fact that look around you and look start being grateful for those things that you have, then it becomes so much more attainable than it's outside more within you so bliss is is
1: really it's not something that we will feel all the time. It's special when we feel it, but to know that it's there to know that we can and and so it's more it's more of a entire body mind soul feeling. It's it's happiness and joy in every aspect of our being, right?
0: So you know, absolutely, I I absolutely agree with you. I you know, back to Joseph Campbell, he says follow your bliss, right? What does that mean? And then, and then everyone argues sometimes that you know that doesn't resonate with them, but if that word resonates with you, then when you when you experience it, you know it. And yes, while you know, I do believe the contrast in life, but you're saying it's not happen all the time. But with the contrast in life, they bring to light more readily when you do feel it because you know the other side of the coin. So, you know, so, so I, I, you know, we can't have the, you know, sun without the rain without the sun, et cetera. The whole, you know, darkness and lightness and, and all of this wonderful contrast in life. We can't really truly experience bliss until we know what it feels like not to be in that state. And and I think that as we go about life, we appreciate more those moments, those small moments in time. We're not looking for the big bangs. We we appreciate more the building up of a lifetime filled with these beautiful moments of bliss, these stories we tell that, you know, we look back to, and I just went back to my 30th uh, college reunion this last weekend, and just walking through the the... The courtyards of all the different beautiful brownstones that I went to classes in, you know, all that long time ago, and walking with one of my dearest friends who I met my freshman year too was just bliss. It was taking me back to those memories that had I had been able to build my life upon, and I just, like I said, chills, goosebumps, all of the, all of the above, and I resonate with that word. I, I find it exciting to, you know, share moments of bliss because then uh, we get to create really great stories from it, for sure. I think we all feel it um, in music at times. You know, I know
1: for me when I, I hear a song from a particular time of my life, it does create that whole body, mind, soul feeling in me and it takes me away completely away from wherever i whatever thought i'm having it's just yeah so um i think that people might be able to relate to that
0: oh my gosh like if there's a song in your life that you know i that reminds you of a time that you just were like ah let this summer never end or let this part of my life never end. It just, you, but you still, it doesn't end because the song, like you said, brings you right back there and to all those feelings, you know, where you go in your your body, you go in your mind. It, it It's the, you know, the confluence of both mind, body, spirit, it's all together. So yes, you could take yourself right back to that moment in time where maybe you had your first kiss and there was a song that was playing, or maybe you had your first experience of, you know, feeling like you're doing something that you're meant to be doing, you know, all of that takes you right back. And, and, and I just love that you pointed that out because it's absolutely attainable whenever you remind yourself, you remember to tap into that source. Mm.
1: So Meg, what do you tell yourself when um, when you're going through a difficult time and everything just kind of starts to turn uh in a different direction what do you tell yourself how do you keep yourself on this path of positivity
0: so you mean after the you know complete meltdown <laughs> <laughs> well you can say that number, at first you melt down yes at so first you yeah, melt down right, yeah, and yeah, then <laughs> I would like to make sure that yes i would like to make sure that that's put out there because When I am at a point in time where perhaps my, you know, my hopes and and dreams, let's say, are not unfolding like I thought they should, yes, I do have a complete meltdown. But after that, I will lay on the floor, (laughs) you know, and tell myself two things. I will say two things. There's got to be some meaning for all of this, right? There's got to be a reason for all of this because I have to – believe in the quote that I tell myself over and over again, live life as though it's rigged in your favor. So what am I to learn here, right? What am I supposed to learn from this experience? And the second thing, you know, it's a combo. My When my dear friends gave me a ring a long time ago, this too shall pass. And the other one is another dear friend of mine reminds me over and over, trust the process. And. Mm. I I do feel like when I'm having a meltdown because I am a Type A personality and I'd like to control everything that happens in my life. Unfortunately, that not necessarily is the case. I do go to those two things, and because one, it helps me remember who I am and what I love most about my life. You know, trust the process. What have I loved about it so far? You know, and then be grateful for those things, and then. This too shall pass. It's not always going to be like this. Just like it's not always going to be blissful. It's not always going to be horrible. So, you know, like I said, yeah, I, it's hard I have to see,
1: big <laughs> it's hard to see, you know, that it can get better. Even when we're sick, or we're sick, we think, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm never going to feel better. It's like, it's really hard to imagine yeah. what it's like. But you know, as you use the word control, I was writing it down at the very same yeah. time. Um, yeah. because that's something that, I work with a lot of people on on this kind of thing on learning to go with the flow, go with the process, follow the process because control is the is the stop gap. It puts
0: mm-hmm. it it
1: puts um a a wall in front of you and everything mm-hmm. that you want. So I like that you said that. And and I'm really happy to hear that meltdowns are natural and normal and even a cheear wearing positive woman like you, Meg, <laughs> has meltdowns. Everybody's me. like, everybody's feeling like a sigh of relief listening to that.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. is it, it, Well, definitely you can do it with diva flair with your tear on, certainly, but it's not pretty. <laughs> and, and I'll be the first to admit it's not pretty, but it's necessary because I think that there's a lot of release there. And when you allow your emotions to move through, you, I think it's as important as you uh, as you allowing joy to penetrate your soul, so you know I think that the whole process I, I'm not a big fan of of people who you know who try to make people feel like anger is not a good uh, emotion I, i'm not, I'm not saying anger with harm to others I'm saying that anger is the one thing in life that will move you out of a state of depression for sure you know that you know depression depression is You know, sadness without hope. But if you get angry about the fact that you're in that place, it can actually make you, move you to the next best action to get to the next best stop uh, stop where you forgot about, you know, that ultimate, you know, sadness of there's, you know, nothing I can do to, okay, I'm going to do something, I'm mad, you know. And And sometimes, you know, having a temper tantrum or crying it out is definitely a release and you can feel like kind of bathed in in the baptism, like they would say, you know, with the waters, you know, allow it to flow and you're not stuck there anymore. You've released yourself to something better. So yeah. Yeah. Deeper temper tantrum. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's
1: a very important statement that you just made. Allowing feelings to move through us and some people come to me and they've never felt an emotion because they were never allowed to, you know? And so yeah. it's most yeah. terrifying thing to feel something, yeah. but the, the only, the path, the path to healing is through emotion. So that's a mm-hmm. really good point you made. How long do you allow yourself to have a meltdown? Do you have a specific time or do you just let oh, it run its course? <laughs>
0: oh boy oh boy um you know it's funny because if i sit in it too long then i you know it, it's kind of like that wonderful quote from Winston churchill if you're going through hell keep moving I'll keep going but mm-hmm. the reality is is that you know a lot of people like to you know set up shop and build a tent in the middle of it and and for me i I think the longer I stay there, the longer that joy is you know the the journey to joy is a little bit more further- you know I do like to say that um that's where writing comes in for me It's a great tool um exercise also helps me move things in my body and It allows it to come through and come out of me and and you know i have been known to go to a spinning class and screaming in the back and it definitely is a factor (laughs) release than sitting there in my room you know on the floor so you know there you know i will tell you this one of the things i love about my legal background is the whole um, point where the evidence shows right we always go back to the evidence what does the evidence show And in my life, you know, the evidence, there is evidence that has shown me that I'm stronger than my biggest obstacles, right? So when you were saying that, you know, when people are dealing with illness, and I'm not sure, you know, to the extent that, you know, everybody has their own, you know, cross to bear. But the reality is the evidence has shown me that the body needs time to heal. And the evidence has shown me that. If I allow, then there's possibility for the healing, and that's what you're about. Find time to heal. What does the healing process look like for you? And and that numbness, you know, it, walking through numb, walking through life numb. For me, was the greatest fear I had after I lost my mother because I was so afraid to experience that trauma, that sadness. That initially, I just Dulled myself, you know, that sparkle that we all have, it felt like that was more something to grieve than her loss because I'm still here and we're all still here. And, you know, to, to do that voluntarily, you know, obviously a lot of us have those subconscious or unconscious triggers in our lives that we stick ourselves into these, these stuff. And, and we need help. And I did get a lot of help. i have to be honest. You know, I did get a lot of people like you will show up in my life, you know, to help navigate with me because I felt really lost and I didn't – I knew I couldn't do it alone. And, and one of my biggest messages in this whole journey, my whole book, is that you don't have to go it alone. There are people like you out there who are ready to help you on that healing journey to come back to yourself so you can feel life, the good, and the bad won't put, do you in, but yes. you have to be temporary, yeah. just like everything is temporary, you <laughs> <So, laughs> know? So I could have conversations with you now. If you came to me 11 years ago, I was in my closet hiding away from the world. I didn't want to experience it, you know? I was like, yes. this is too much, too scary. I couldn't. The overwhelmment was too much. But now I have a lot of evidence that shows me that, you know, I can get help. I don't have to go it alone. There are people who love me. There are relationships that I've gained through this process. And that, you know, you know, like I always try to encourage people is when the best gift that we can ever do is come alive to the beauty of our dreams and our lives so that we can impact another person because what is our story other than how we relate to others? as we go toward or we walk each other home, which my friend Janet always tells me, we're all here to walk each other home, wherever home is, right? If it's the end of our lives, if it's the next chapter, that's what we're here to do. And if I can make a difference in that way for someone else by sharing my story through my books or through my experience of sharing my life with them, if we have that intimate moment through this conversation, then what a gift that is from where I was.
1: I so agree. I I, I wanted to write down some of the things that you said, because there were some quotes in there that um, that were just amazing. And I can't even remember because I was so caught up in what you were saying, but um, I didn't get to write them down. So uh, tell us what, um, you know, what your current business is, what that looks like, what you're doing and um, yeah, all the things that you're doing now.
0: So right now I'm promoting my book a lot of time. So so getting it out there. It was just born on September seventh, twenty twenty one. So I'm I'm doing a lot of the promoting and marketing around that. I do have a coaching business where I help a lot of um, professionals and people who are are going into the professional world um, on you know career and what they're looking for and to align them to their power of intention, which I find is just. The key to to all of our you know dreams coming through or or how we build on our dreams for sure. So I'm a very intentional person. like I said, or like you've said in my bio is I, I do like think intentional is really empowering for manifesting. Um, and certainly, you know the the risk component as well, and help them to, you know, you know fine tune what their tolerations are around the risk as well as as where they want to take their lives. Um, that's my, my coaching coaching business. And I also just I just did a TEDx on Wake Up, um, how to create a, a better story for a happier village, how we all focus on our own stories um, to create the best story for our lives so that we impact others in a really positive way. I, I truly believe that hurt people hurt people. And I think that happy people wanna make other people join the party and, and bring them in. So, you know, that's certainly some, one of my focus. I just got my certification as a happiness studies trainer, um, and I'm excited about that. I was an adjunct for many years in the field of immigration law and litigation, and now I'm looking to go back into that realm teaching as well again. So, you know, everything is unfolding. I'm still writing. I, I I still am enjoying these kind of conversations, you know, getting out for that bigger classroom that I seek. Um, and just encouraging people, inspiring people along the way, and getting my inspiration back because the best gift you can have is someone that you impacted turning around and doing something as well for your life. It's just a great karmic circle of life, laugh, and love. Yes. Oh, yes.
1: So beautiful. Oh, wow. So you're doing a lot. You're, you're, do you also do, you have speaking engagements as well? <laughs>
0: Yes, so, I, and I also, I, I do chair the AILA, which is Immigrant Immigration Law Association Wellness Committee. I co-chair it with a colleague of mine, and we get a lot of, you know, we introduce a lot of lawyers to the whole spiritual practice of, you know, yoga, intentional thinking, certainly all that as well, and speaking is, oh. is certainly a part of my my curriculum. It's my give back to right? Don't leave those that we, we used to be behind. We, yes. we try to you know, bring that conscious awareness into all different areas. And certainly they, I speak that language very well since I was in it for 20 years and, you know, still have my license. So, you know, that too. And I always do my pro bono work. You know, I always, I always feel like I'm a big advocate where people, where unjust things are happening. I'm like, that cannot be, (laughs) that cannot stand. And that is really a beautiful gift of being able to speak my truth to help others you know something mm, that yeah. as a kid i was not able to do myself so that's been a real real big gift for me that is a gift
1: i hope you i hope that you get a chance to speak to family law professionals because oh family yes law oh boy it's, it's, it's a difficult it's a difficult field and there's a lot of um talk about numbness and yeah. um you know be just shutting stuff out it's it's a real problem. But anyway, I don't want to get into that because that's negative. I want to um I want to give you an opportunity we have like 2 minutes left to just share so, so much inspiration with us. Is there anything else that we didn't touch upon or any message you want to leave us with? Well,
0: you know, I guess I can give a challenge. I want to leave a challenge for everyone who has, you know, graced me with their their presence today, you know, being in the audience and listening to this wonderful interview with Randy, certainly your questions have really brought a lot of light to my life. So I definitely want to say thank you to you and for the opportunity. Um, I, you know, a lot of all of this may seem very overwhelming and, and sometimes scary, you know, when you're facing that moment in time where, you know, you're feeling called to make a change, um, but you're not sure whether or not you can do it. Today's Inside the Day and Magical Guide, I wanted to share that, is is the power of simplicity. And, you know, the wonderful, you know, advertised documentary photographer Elliot Erwitt wrote, I appreciate simplicity, true beauty that lasts over time, and a little witch and eclecticism that makes life more fun. I, I do want to alleviate a little of the heaviness of what could be the next step. For all of you, and offer that to you today is the simple life. You know, the simple, the simplicity in life that delivers the most joy when we can truly experience the here and now through those lens. Of you know, if you don't feel like you can make a decision today, then just follow something in your life that feels like a reward or doing the small things like waking up in the morning, like going out, getting dressed, you know, looking um, as good as you can possibly put together and just showing up oh, the case, I'm proud of you. That small motion, I'm proud of you. And that's the really beginning of healing process is to start, like I said before, simply looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, I'm proud of myself. I acknowledge where I've come from. I know that the path forward might be a little challenging, but I'm proud of where I am today. So, you know, I love this. This is great because the insight says, just follow the butterflies as they loop and happily dance in the direction of your dreams. Relinquish the need to control the outcome in life. Synchronicities await you at every turn. Simply go with the flow, laugh at the mistakes and move forward. So that I want to give as a final inspiration, you know, keep it simple sisters and, and gentlemen as well. And, just you know the day is a gift what's left is a gift go out and they're doing it and I well in the words of my favorite Pam Grout, she always says and something wonderful is about to happen always as long as you're looking in that direction so pay attention to your something wonderful today and really truly be open to that so thank you for this something wonderful Randy it is a Mm. fine time for healing So everyone, I think the more of us that decide to heal, the better off we
1: all are. Wow. If you could see my face, you would see I have the biggest smile on it. What a perfect way to end the show. Thank you for that message. Um, Yeah, I can't top that. So I'm just going to thank you again for (laughs) to thank you for um for gracing us with your presence today and your wisdom and your inspiration because you have just offered us so much today so thank you meg and go out and enjoy this beautiful south florida day oh
0: absolutely and i want to thank you as well and i want to thank you for what you're doing in the world and you know and it's not easy job and like you said even You know, those of us who take on the not so easy are the ones that are going to make tomorrow an easier day for all of us.
1: So thank you. You're welcome. All right. We'll have a beautiful day. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions, you can email me at at loveyourlifeatrandyfine.com. May joy and serenity and bliss be yours. Goodbye.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randifine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E dot com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.